Greetings in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Minister Jonathan Edward Reif with the Tough Truth Podcast. I'm just so privileged to be here with you today. So honored that God has uh, chosen me to be able to speak His Word in due season. Today we're going to talk about ghost stories. And <laughs> I know that uh, it probably attracted some attention this week. They're like, Jonathan, going to talk about ghost stories this week? What's that all about? Uh, we're not going to talk about Casper. No, that's not what we're going to go into. We're going to go into, the, into Scripture and we're going to look at the spiritual realm. The reality of the spiritual realm. And we're going to start right with the Holy Spirit and work our way down um, through the through Satan and demons and angels. And we're going to see how, as believers, we can operate in the spirit realm correctly. How we can recognize our enemy and how we should operate as believers. So I just pray and trust that it's going to be a great time in the Lord today. Before we get started, I want to go to the Lord in prayer. and Just ask that he will bless this time and that he will bless you right where you're at. Whether you're listening my podcast, you're watching Facebook Live as it's live or recorded or YouTube or Rumble or wherever you may find it. Sometimes God has a way of putting things out there we don't even know about. But I just believe that God has ordained for you to hear this today. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and just ask for his blessing on this. Father, I just come to the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I just thank you this glorious day that you've given us, Lord. Beautiful day crisp fall day here in the state of Ohio, the United States of America. I ask now, God, that you anoint my words. May your presence be rich and thick here, God. Take over my faculties, Lord, and use them for your glory. I pray for each and every one, God, that hears and watches this podcast. May they be touched by your presence. May they be touched by your truth. May they grow in your grace and be used for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen, and amen, and amen. It's been such a glorious day today, and God is good. God is good, and he's greatly to be praised, as the scripture says. Amen, amen. Let's start out by looking at Genesis chapter 1. And then we're going to uh, look at the first two verses in Genesis chapter 1. We're talking about ghost stories. Ghost stories. Yeah, this is, we're, not, we're not getting into, we're not talking about uh, spooky stuff here today. We're talking about the reality of the spiritual realm. The reality of the spiritual realm, according to scripture. I got me a, it's not an iPad, it's a, it's a, um, Jesus, an Amazon tablet. Just got it today. Just sitting on my uh, doorstep when I got home from church. And hopefully it'll be a little bit quieter and I won't have so much uh, of the mouse noise on my laptop. And uh, we'll see how this goes. I just trust the Lord will be with us. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. We can see from that scripture 
the reality of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was here before. Many believe in um, what's called, how do I want to say this? That there was once an earth before. And that Satan ruled over it. And I, and I for the most part, agree with that. Um, based on my understanding of Scripture, I believe that Satan was the ruler of this world at one point. He was, he was, he was Lucifer. He was an archangel. And he had a third of the angels underneath him. And he wanted to rise up. And we'll get into that later. But the Spirit of God has always been here and it talks about it here that that it's on the face of the deep and if i if i remember right that that the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters it means brooding brooding in the original language so there is a spiritual realm there's a reality of the spiritual realm and when you become a believer well you don't have to be if you're an unbeliever you're in the reality of the spiritual realm if you are a human being on this planet, you are in the reality of the spiritual realm. You can be in the good or you can be in the bad, but you're in the realm. And I'm going to show you uh, why you want to be in the good side and not the bad side today as we go down through Scripture. So we can see the Spirit of the living God was there right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. Let's take a look at uh, Psalms 33, verse 6. Psalms 33, verse 6. This is another scripture that talks about talks about the reality of this. Psalm 33, verse 6. I want to say hi to Rebecca. And I see there possibly may be somebody else watching, but you're not showing up on my screen, so I just want to say a big hello to Rebecca. Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. So we can see right there the power of God's Spirit in creation. The spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is reality. It's not a, you know, you know, type thing. It, it's real. It's it's clearly real. Clearly real. It's more real than we even can imagine. And we're influenced by it more than we can even imagine. It's, it's, uh, it's a biblical reality, a biblical reality. Let's take a look at Jesus' baptism. Now, what I'm talking about in this portion of, of the podcast is about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost used in King James language. Ghost, Spirit, means the same thing. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. And let's go to verse 13, and then we're going to look through 17. Matthew 3, 13 through 17. I can already tell this, this uh, tablet's a lot quieter than me clicking and scrolling that mouse. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And now I do have to look down and read it. Unlike before, I would look at my laptop, and I'm kind of looking straight ahead, but now I kind of got to look down a little bit. So you just have to bear with me on that. It says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? Jesus said in verse 15, Answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. 
Then he suffered him. And Jesus, verse 16, when he was baptized, he went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Verse 17, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So we see the move of the Spirit. We see the move of the Spirit from creation. And I didn't get so much into the Old Testament and how the Holy Spirit moved through the Old Testament, but we will look at some Old Covenant scriptures here in a little bit, uh, talking about Lucifer and such. But you can see how the Holy Ghost has been here since the beginning of time and uh, eternity past, as they call it. It's involved in creation. Anointed Jesus, baptized Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Holy Spirit is just as much God as the Father and as the Son. But the operation is different with each one of them. And we, we, we approach the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit, through Jesus. Jesus is our, at the right hand of the Father. And he, how do I want to state this? His, his work on, on the cross it was a substitutionary work that we're, we're, we're able to go to the Father through him. But when he ascended, and we're going to go into this here in a few scriptures, he left the Holy Spirit. He left the Holy Spirit as a comforter for us. So the spiritual realm is real. And we've already, we've seen, what, four scriptures now, three scriptures concerning the Holy Spirit and creation and Jesus' baptism. Now let's look at before, this is before the book of Acts, this is before the book of Acts. Let's look at how he conferred the Holy Spirit to the disciples. Let's take a look at John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Yeah, this is much nicer. Wow. Much nicer. I'm so thankful that God said, hey, why don't you get you a tablet there? And I was like, yeah, that'd probably be a good idea. <laughs> It'll work a lot better. Work a lot better. Now this is where Jesus is conferring the Holy Spirit to the disciples. Now this isn't the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This isn't the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus showing them that the born-again experience, he's, he's arose from the dead. They're receiving the Holy Spirit into them as a separation Okay, born-again experience. Because they believed on him who rose from the dead. He did what he said he was going to do. And right here, in these passages, he's conferring the Holy Spirit to them. Okay, don't get it confused with, with the infilling or the baptism. This, is a, this was a separate thing. This was a one-time thing that happened. Now when you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that God raised him from the dead and believe that he died for your sins, so on and so forth. You receive the Holy Spirit. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we'll look at that here in just a little bit. In John chapter 20, verses 21 through 23, it says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. So he's commissioning them. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. 
He's imparting it. He's basically imparting the born-again experience into the world. Whosoever sins, ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins, ye retain, they are retained. So we're seeing a forgiveness of sins there. So God desires for us as individuals on this planet to operate in his spirit. Operate in his spirit. Now there's spirits that <laughs> you do not want to be operating in. And unfortunately, there's a whole lot of folks out there operating in something other than the Holy Spirit. I mean, just, <laughs> just go to town, you know, for a few minutes. Uh, going to store, you're going to see uh, a lot of that. Let's look at the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now, there, there's two separate events here. You have the infilling of the Holy Spirit to the Jewish people, and then later to the Gentiles. Let's look at to the Jewish people first. This is uh, the common scriptures. I mean, if you've been a Christian very long, I'm sure you've heard these scriptures several times. Uh, multi, I mean, gosh, I've probably heard thousands of times. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And let's take a look at verses 4 through 8. Now, this is how important the Holy Spirit is, according to Jesus. This is how important the Holy Spirit is. It says in verse 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. He commanded them, But wait, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And that means immersed. Immersed in the Holy Ghost. So in verse 6, When they therefore were come together, they asked him of saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? They're thinking, you know, he's... He's going to set up the kingdom in a natural sense. Yeah, they still didn't get it. <laughs> they still didn't understand his purpose. They, find, they, they, they got it after a while. But it took the ministry of, uh, of Paul, Saul of Tarsus, Paul the Apostle. But they figured it out. And he saith, said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the othermost parts of the earth. So we see here that he's commanding them, and he's telling them to wait, and that there's going to be an endowment of power that's going to come upon them and fill them, and that they're going to be witnesses. They're going to go out, not just sit in their house and feel good, they're going to go out and do the work of, of the cross, and do the work of Christ, and to preach the gospel. Now, the next thing we're going to look at is the event. What happened? Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And I bet you there's people that could just quote this <laughs> verbatim because uh, it's been preached on so many times, but it's so essential. It's so essential. It's such an essential uh, segment of Scripture for us to understand. The whole book of Acts, I mean, for the, for the modern-day church, that's how we should be. We should be as they were in the book of Acts. And unfortunately, there's a whole lot of the church that isn't. And let's just believe that God is going to pour out His Spirit in the last days, as He said He would, in the former and the latter rain, all in the same month, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. 
Let's take a look at Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So not only did they, just have, did they have the Holy Spirit lived within them, that born-again experience, that they were temple of the Holy Spirit, but they were filled. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can see the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. According to Scripture, that is the common biblical uh, manifestation of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it does not mean that you're a mature Christian because you speak in tongues. I need to do a teaching on that, um, just on the, on the gifts of the Spirit and speaking in tongues and so on and so forth. I'm not going to be able to get in too deeply into it today. But don't be scared of it. Don't be scared of it. When you have that experience, um, I can remember the day I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was back in 1989, in the summer, 1989. I was at a kinship at a house with some fellow believers, and I met, it was glorious. And it spread throughout my family. <laughs> and uh, I've never been the same since. It will change you. It will change you. In Jesus' name. Let's take a look at how the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit spread into the Gentiles. Okay, These, these folks here in book Acts, were, in the book, second chapter of Acts, were Jewish people. But God wants this for everyone. Not just Jewish folks. He wants it for the Gentile as well. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, we're going to look at 44 through 46. I don't know that I'm going to be able to get through all this today, to be quite honest with you. I might have to make this a two-parter. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, this uh, I, I take all these notes down, and it takes a lot longer to, <laughs> to do this than uh, what you can imagine. It eats up a lot of time. It says in verse 44, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. Verse 45, And many of the circumcision which believed were astonished. Okay, the Jewish folks. Jewish folks that received the influence of the Holy Spirit. They were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For, now, how did they know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So we can see a duplication of that of the same as that happened in, on the day of Pentecost happens to the Gentiles. Peter had to start adjusting his theology. I remember Peter and Paul had a little uh, some issues. <laughs> Paul had to set him straight. Say, hey, this is what happened to me, and this is what God told me to do. And uh, yeah, that'll wake you up real fast. Peter knew. That's how, that's how Peter knew that it was genuine because it was the same thing going on that happened on the day of Pentecost. So you need that spirit as a believer. If you're an unbeliever, you need that spirit. You need to get right with God. You need to, to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and get filled with the Holy Spirit. And you'll be empowered with a power from on high that you have nothing to do with. It's not natural abilities. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus name. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. Now we're going to look at a lot of scripture. That's just that's how I roll. I uh, I like to let scripture interpret scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And let's take a look at verse 19. It says, "What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own?" So you're bought with a price. You're given that Holy Spirit, and in, in, in your your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit as a down payment for what to is what is to come. So it's a precious thing. It's a precious, precious thing. Now, you get born again. The Holy Spirit comes to live within your body. You get filled with the Holy Spirit one time, or baptized in the Holy Spirit, whatever terminology you want to use it, immersed in the Holy Spirit, and you're empowered. The Bible teaches that that's not all there is. You have to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. I would say on a daily basis. Over and over and over again. Because this world will drain you. The cares of this world, the cares of life, will drain you. So God God set it up to where it wasn't like just a one-time event and man, you just never had to. He made it so you was dependent on Him. That's why God did this. Plus, our flesh, our mind, it doesn't have the ability to retain... <laughs> The power of God long term. I mean, and, and, and the events that happen to individuals where God touches them is it's just a fraction. I mean, it's 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 a it's a grain of sand <laughs> on the shoreline of God's power. Our our bodies can't take can't take it. We we just can't. We just can't. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter 5. I have some soaking worship music playing in the background. It uh, sets the atmosphere in here. I'm so excited what God's doing. What God is doing. There's truly a revival taking place. Fires are breaking out. My next message is going to be called Fire Starters. God gave that to me today in, in uh, church. It's going to be called Fire Starters. I don't know if it's going to be next week or it's going to be the week after. This 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 message may go two weeks. Um, I'm starting to lean that direction. It's going to go two weeks based on where I'm at in my notes. So uh, just bear with me. Just bear with me. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. Now we're talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This portion. We're talking about the spiritual realm. Ghost stories is what we're talking about. But right now we're dealing with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, 17 through 19 says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Don't be confused about it. It says, And be not drunk with wine. Verse 18. Wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. That's God's desire. Now, look at how it compares being filled with the Holy Spirit to being drunk. 
But yeah, we don't want none of that in our churches. Why is that? Why don't we want the power of God in our churches? Scared of it? Are we afraid of it? It's in the Bible. <laughs> look at the book. Of, I mean, look at the things that happened in, in, in the book of Acts and in the Bible. It, uh, why are we afraid of the power of God? Why do we want dead religion? Why? Why don't we want God to be real to us on a daily basis and display his power? The Bible talks about us being filled with the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and talking about it as, as drunkenness, just like in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. So some things were happening. It wasn't all prim and proper at all whatsoever. It's God's will that we be so overly filled with the Holy Spirit that we might be acting like we're a little drunk. It's right here in the Bible, folks. I mean, it's, it's, I can find other passages. This is the only one. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're at. Five, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter five. And let's look at verse 19. Speaking to yourself. This is what happens when you get abbreviated in the Holy Ghost. You're speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's what it does for you. That's what it does for you. So you can be, uh, you can be in town and all hell can be breaking loose around you. You can be in Walmart. I, that's like one of my least favorite stores to go to, especially around here. <laughs> especially at one particular Walmart with the town that starts with the letter M. I just, um, yeah, i just not in love with it. Uh, you can be in there and, and it could be, well, let's, 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 get the, uh, let's get the ultimate. We'll say it's... Uh, it's a holiday weekend, it's a Friday, and it's first of the month. You can be right there in a smack and a dab in the middle of that, and they only got two registers open. <laughs> and God's peace can come on you because you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you need it. Let me, let me tell you, when you're in a situation like that... <laughs> You need it. And God's grace to come upon you. And out will come the word of God. Out will come the melodies of the spirit. Out of your heart. Out of, the, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Jesus said. Out of your innermost being. So we need that. We need that infilling of the Holy Ghost. And those scriptures aren't talking about a one-time event. It's talking about costly. In, in the Greek, it's be ye being filled, continually filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, on a daily basis. You might need a dose two or three times a day. I mean, it's rough out there. It is rough out there, and you need God's presence and His Spirit in your life to get through. We all do. We all do. Let's take a look at this is called the, the triunity of the human being of a human being. Okay, this is a scripture that talks about. Uh, I talk about the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Well, humans are are triune as well. Three. That's what that word means. Let's take a look at First Thessalonians, chapter five, 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 I think this is going to be the first time yeah I I don't think I'm going to get through this whole message today <laughs> I'm going to have to do a part 2 I'm going to have to do a part 2 on this I'm I'm unless I start really uh banging it out here I'm thinking I'm going to have to do a part 2 It says in Ephesians chapter or 1 Thessalonians, I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, okay, and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see the triunity of mankind. You have the triunity of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you got the triunity of mankind, spirit, soul, body. The soulish realm is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Okay? Body is obvious. It's our flesh. But you have a spirit. And God desires that the Holy Spirit infills us, our that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and that we allow that through speaking and doing God's word and praying and worshiping the Lord, we allow that to go through our mind and our will and our emotions and change our behaviors in Jesus' name. That is God's desire for his children. And if you're an unbeliever watching me or hearing me on the podcast today, that's God's desire for you. You can receive Jesus today. He can set you free. You can be a new creation, a new creature in Him, and you can be filled with the glorious Holy Spirit, and God can change your life entirely, turn your life completely around, and give you purpose, and get you out of that darkness in Jesus' name. God is good, and He is greatly, greatly to be praised. So, we've looked at the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Ghost was there during creation, okay? And we looked at the Holy Spirit was, was there for Jesus' baptism. And we've seen how Jesus conferred the Holy Ghost to his disciples. And then we see how they were filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Jews first, then the Gentiles. We see that that's what God wants for each and every one of us, that when we come believe, become believers, our bodies become the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we've seen that he constantly wants us to be filled on a daily basis. Not just a one-time event. Immersed, overflowing with the Holy Ghost. And we see that we're made up of a spirit, soul, and body. And God desires to infill us so that that power can flow through us to others. Utilizing our mind and our body. That is God's will. So there's another side of this coin, unfortunately. Unfortunately. It's called spiritual wickedness. Spiritual wickedness. And we're going to look at the spiritual wickedness that's as real as you are sitting there today, or wherever you may be. It's reality. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 6. God is so good. Ephesians chapter 6. 
we're going to look, and this is a very familiar scripture, I believe, with a lot of folks, and uh, it's a very powerful scripture. Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to look at 10 through 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may, not, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we wrestle not, listen here, wrestle not against flesh and blood, taking up weaponry, going after people in our flesh, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we have an enemy we got the power of the Holy Spirit, but we got an enemy. That's why we have the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus gave us a comforter. Jesus gave us the power to live. It's available for each and every one of us. We don't have to submit to the evil side of things. We can be glorious and victorious in Jesus Christ. So we see the spiritual wickedness is it's in high places. It's darkness of this world. It's the evil all around us. There's so many people controlled by this, controlled by, by evil. And all it does is destruction and hurt and pain. That's all it does. It's the exact opposite of Christ. It's the exact opposite of Christ's love. It's the exact opposite of God's power and the fruits of the Spirit. We have a true enemy, a true wickedness in high places that we are fighting, darkness that we are fighting in Jesus' name. That's why you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's take a look at who's the head of all that who's in charge of all the wickedness who's in charge of all the uh, counter uh, effort against what God desires in your life the Bible calls him Satan or the devil He was called Lucifer as an archangel. And we're going to look at that. We're going to look into this right now and, and take a look at some scriptures concerning that. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3 first. And this is, they call this passage of scripture, I believe the first prophetic mention of the work of the cross, Christ, Christology, um, this is the first mention of Jesus, of Jesus. It's an awesome portion of scripture, but we're going to focus in on the enemy here. Genesis chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. And the Lord God said unto the woman, Eve, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Verse 14, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle 
and above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, or thee and the seed of the woman, or thee and mankind, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, but thou shalt bruise his heel. Now that's that's a mention of what the work of, cross, of the cross, of what Jesus is ultimately going to do. But we have a true enemy. We have an enemy of our souls, and his name is Satan. This is the first mention. I mean, we all know about the uh, temptation in the Garden of Eden, I would hope. And those who don't, I can do a teaching on that. Those who have never heard of that before, we can talk about it. It's, it's, it's what they call the original sin. That's the theological expression for it, the original sin doctrine. There's another mention of this serpent. Let's take a look at Revelation. Let's go to the last book of the Bible. And let's take a look at chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 9. There's different uh, phrases and words used for our enemy in, in Scripture. Well, you got Satan, you got Lucifer, you got the dragon, you got the serpent, you got the called. He's called the Lord of the Flies. He's, he's called so many different things in the Bible, but he is in direct opposition to Jesus Christ, and he's jealous of you. He's jealous of you. At one time, and we're going to get into this, at one time, he ruled and reigned on this planet. And it wasn't good enough for him. He wanted to ascend up into the high place and be like the most high God. And he is, you want to talk about counter-anointing, he is the opposite of anointing. He's everything dark, ugly, and evil that you can possibly conceive. And ultimately is responsible for the fall of mankind. Mankind made a decision, but he was the tempter. Because he wants his planet back. He wants control. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all you look at you look at all the different uh, evils in the world, it's all about getting rid of human beings. Think about it, abortion, murder, drugs, violence, uh, sexual diseases. It's all about destruction. It's all about evil. It's all about getting rid of human beings. Jesus said he has, he has delivered us from the body of death. So the devil thinks, oh, I can get all these human beings off this planet, you know, I'll have, I'll have the planet back, and eventually I'll, uh, I'll send back up and try her again. No. <laughs> Christ took that authority away from him. He stomped on his head, and he took that authority. He went into the very depths of hell. He didn't, he didn't go in there as, as a sinner and mean to be born again. That's heretical doctrine. He went in there victorious, and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Jesus Christ is the victor. And the devil's a loser. 
He thinks he's a winner. He thinks he's clever. But he's a loser in Jesus' name. He may think he has you, but he doesn't have you. You're listening to me today for a reason. God's got big plans for you. Because you're watching me today, you're listening to me. God's got big plans for you. And he's going to use you in a mighty, mighty way in Jesus' name. That's why you're that's why you're here today. That's why you're here today listening to the truth of the word of God. So we see that he's a serpent in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. It says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So there was a third of the angels, there's another passage that talks about that, that were cast out with Satan that uprose and uh, tried to uh, send and be like the Most High. And now they're here. Now there's differences of opinion what demons are, and I'm gonna go into that, and it's not gonna happen all today, I don't believe. This is gonna end up being a two-parter. Um, it's gonna end up being a two-parter. There's just too much to talk about with this subject. But Lucifer was a mighty angel. He was a he was a guardian angel, and the Bible talks about that he was made up of like of musical instruments. And the Bible talks about how beautiful he was. Let's take a look at Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight. Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight, and we're gonna. I don't know that I'm going to read all these verses. Uh, I got 1 through 19 down here. We might have to be three weeks teaching this if I read too long. Um, this goes into kind of a historical setting of who the devil is, who Lucifer was before he fell. Verse 1, it says, The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, Say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God, Because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am God, I am a God, I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas. Yet thou art a man, and not God. Thou, Though thou set thine heart as the heart of God, behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from thee. Which thy wisdom... And with thine understanding thou hast gotten thee riches and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasures. But by thy great wisdom and by thy traffic hast thou increased thy riches and thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches. Okay, and then it goes on to talk about in verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in the garden, in Eden, in the garden of God. Now we know that the King Tyrus wasn't in the garden of Eden. We just we just looked a little bit ago who was in the garden of Eden. It was a serpent, dragon, the devil. It's 
So we can see here that these scriptures are, are talking about something deeper. Something deeper than just the, uh, the word of the Lord to the king of Tyre or Tyrus. Thou hast been in the Eden, Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, the topaz, and the diamond. The beryl, the onyx, and the jasper. The sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle. And gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets. Now this is where they talk about being musical. And of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. See, he, he was, many believe that, that, that uh, Lucifer was the lead worshiper, angel of God. And that's why he's so jealous when you, you worship God. When you worship the one and true only God and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Ghost, he becomes very, very jealous because he was some type of worshiper in heaven. It goes on to talk about, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so, that thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, and thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 15, Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, until iniquity was found in thee. So we can see that he was perfect at one time, but iniquity was found in him. In verse 16, By the multitude of thy merchandise they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of life. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Now we're in Ezekiel. We're in Ezekiel chapter 28. Okay, we started with verse 1. We skipped around and now we're, we're down towards the latter part of it here in, in verse uh, 18. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Now we're not, it's not talking about cars. <laughs> In the, in, the, in the King James, it's CK, traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. And it, it talks about that in the book of Revelation. Our enemy is going to, to be overthrown. He's already defeated, but he's going to be permanently defeated at some point. Permanently defeated. Verse 19, all they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror and never shalt thou be any more. So at some point, Satan is going to be completely dealt with in Jesus' name. Completely dealt with in Jesus' name. Christ has already defeated him and he, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. But ultimately, Satan is going to be bound up and permanently done away with according to scripture we could get into book of revelations i mean there's so much there that uh, we could spend weeks uh there but i will spare you that for now and um, let's let's look at how he fell from heaven okay how he fell from heaven let's look at isaiah chapter 14 
Hosea chapter 14, 12 through 17. I'm going to assume that there's folks that have heard this before, and I'm going to assume maybe there's some folks that never heard this ever. You know, this is new to you. It's it's very, very theologically sound. Um, based on the rendering of Scripture in the original language, that it's talking about something other than seemingly what it's talking about on the on the outside, you know, on the on the outside. There's it, a deeper meaning there. It's obvious that there's a deeper meaning. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 14, 12 through 17. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So if he ascended into heaven, that meant he would blow it, right? That would probably be correct, wouldn't it? I would think so. So he was below heaven. So that's that's why I believe that he was on this planet at one point. And he was ruling over this planet at one point. And I think that that explains a lot of the fossil records and the weird things that they find, the dinosaurs, so on and so forth. I know there's people that try to put that in 6,000 years. and all, But I, I truly believe that that all existed before. I have my reasons for that, and we won't get too deep into that. And there's there's many, many theologians that believe this way. It's not heretical doctrine to think this. If you start looking at the original language of Genesis chapter 1, you'll see that it seems to denote that at one time the earth was, it was good and something happened and put it in that state in, in Genesis chapter 1 verse, or chapter 1 verse 1, yeah. So, Satan was below the heavens and wanted to ascend verse 13 I will exalt my throne above the stars of God I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north I will ascend above the heights of the clouds I will be like the most high yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit verse 16 they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying is this the man that made the earth to tremble that did shake kingdoms? Really? This is the devil? This is Satan? We're just, we're gonna be like, really? This is what I listened to in my life? This is what I was influenced by? This is what was attacking me in my mind? Verse 17 that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners. So we can see there that Satan, book of Ezekiel, and then this passage in Isaiah, that Satan was some type of guardian angel that had the ability to worship God, that had a third of the angels underneath him, and at some point, he got full of himself and said, this isn't enough. I want to ascend into heaven and be like the most high. It's not good enough what God's given me. You know, we, we, we tend to do that. We tend to do that. We say, God, this, this, uh, what you've asked me to do isn't enough. Uh, you haven't given me enough, God. I want more. I want more. 
or we we tend to want to think that that uh, it's all about us and our abilities. No, it's all about Him and what He did on the cross. It's all about being empowered by the Holy Ghost and being used for His kingdom and for His sake. As the times get worse and worse, and we're going to go into that here in future weeks, uh, as things get rough and more rough, you better have the power of the Holy Spirit and you better know who your enemy is. You better be able to recognize your enemy in Jesus' name. Let's look at chapter uh, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. So it looks like next week, based on where I'm at in my notes, we're gonna be we're gonna deal with demons and we're gonna deal with angels next week. We're gonna talk about demons and we're gonna talk about uh, angels next week. And then we're going to go into how as a believer you can be effective in the spirit and how you can, uh, let's I'll just take a look at my notes here. Uh, the weapons of our warfare, basically. The weapons of our warfare. How you are able to walk in the spirit and able to be used by God to be able to resist temptation and to be able to recognize evil times and, and get through this Christian life. I mean, get through it. And if you, again, if you're not a believer, you need Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit. And you need His precious Word. And you need the love of the brethren in your life. Those drugs won't make you permanently happy. All they do is destroy you. That sex, it's all temporal. It's all temporal. It won't last forever. Your body's aging. The other person's body's aging. None of those things will ever make you happy. The only thing that can make you happy is getting right with your God, your Creator, and accepting Him as your Savior and being filled with His Holy Spirit. Your life will change forever in Jesus' name. We'll look at that other passage next, next time. I'm going to stay right here and uh, just speak to, to individuals that... Uh, you're on your last leg. You're ready to give up. Don't give up. In Jesus' name, don't give up. I know what it is. I know what it is to feel that way. I know what it is to feel hopeless. I know what it is to be in a dark place where everything's dark. Jesus is light. He can bring that light to you. He can change your life forever and brighten your day. You do not have to be in that darkness anymore. He died and rose again that you might live. I'm going to pray for you today. And I want others that are watching and listening to pray. And let's believe that God will set some folks free today from the power of sin, from the power of the devil, that his spirit is real, 
and that their life will be changed forever. And if you pray with me today and you become a child of God and you receive Christ into your life, send me a message. Send me a message here on Facebook. Um, if you're listening by podcast, my, I'm Jonathan Edward Rife on Facebook. Tough Truth. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Rumble. Uh, uh, Facebook. And I said the, the podcast. Um, just Google search me and you'll see me. I will pray with you. I will pray with you and talk to you if, if you receive Jesus today. But you need the Lord in your life. The power of the devil is real. Darkness is real. Depression is real. Anxiety is real. But you do not have to walk in that darkness anymore. Let's go to prayer and ask God to seal this word and, and, and to touch others and to save those who are listening or watching today out of darkness. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus Christ, God. I thank you, Lord, for the work of the cross. I thank you, Lord, for the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. I thank you, God, that you love each and every individual that is listening and watching today, God. And those that don't know you, Lord, I just pray that your love is real to them right now. May they, may they feel may they feel your presence with them as I speak. In Jesus' name. May the power of the Holy Spirit be on them right now in Jesus' name. I speak the truth of the Word of God. And I just pray, God. Friend, if, if you're listening, say after me, Father, I've come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm a sinner. I have sinned. I need a Savior. Jesus, you are my Savior. I recognize your death on the cross. I recognize your death and burial. I recognize your resurrection. Jesus, I recognize that you ascended unto the Father and you sit at the right hand of the Father and that you're coming back for me. And I want to live in heaven with you for all of eternity. If you've received Jesus today, um, let me know. Let me know. God is so good. God is so good. His presence is just very, very thick here right now. I'll just tell you. Um, he's such a good God. This is a this this very spot. I've said this in previous podcasts. This very spot that I am doing this from. I laid in a bed for well over a year in depression and anxiety. I know what it is, and I know what it is to be delivered. I know what it is for God to to come into your life and change everything and use you. So you're not you're not listening to somebody today that's had it all together and always been you know right with God all his entire life and, and you know got a silver spoon and whatever. I've been there, folks. I know what it is to be depressed. I know what it is to to, to be in anxiety. I know what it is. 
to, to walk a dark path. I know what it is, but God is a good God. And this very spot that I thought my life was over, I seen no reason to want to live anymore. He's using to touch you today, wherever you may be. I see I've got, I got gentlemen from Zambia watching right now. God is so good. God is so good. And I just pray that this, the spirit of revival spreads all over this nation and all over the other nations of the world. We had a short time. We have to get going. We got to get doing what God asks us to do. We got to recognize we have an enemy, but we are the victors in Jesus Christ. We are the victors in Jesus Christ. We are the victors in Jesus Christ, in Him alone, in Him alone. I'm so thankful for everyone who's been able to watch today and listen today and receive from the Word of God. And I pray that I've made some things clear to you today. Um, I didn't get all through all of it. I didn't get through all of it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we're going to pick back up next week. Same time. It'll be 4.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the U.S., 8.30 p.m. Greenwich Means Time on, on a Sunday. I'll be right back here again, and we'll, we'll continue on with the ghost stories theme. And we're going to get into the Bible concerning demons and angels, and then we're going to find out how we as believers need to operate in this world so that we don't get our brains beaten in. God's got your back. God's got a way. And again, if you've received Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior, or you backslid and you've come back to the Lord, send me a message. Uh, reach out to me in some capacity. You can comment on this video, whether you're watching it live or you uh, watch it in delay. You can you know, just comment and I'll get back to you. I'll message you and talk to you about it. That's all. This is all about souls. This is all about souls. It's not about anything else but souls. It's not about money. It's about souls. All of us want to, for Jesus to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom that I prepared for you. This is all about the lost, ultimately. And, and the ministry. I'm ministering to, to believers, but I'm ministering to believers because I'm a ministrator of revival. And I want this spirit that God's put in my life to get on you. <laughs> and I believe it already is. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Here in, uh, I guess it's not going to be next week. <laughs> it's going to be uh, in in the future weeks. I'm going to I'm going to talk about fire starters. God gave me that today in, uh, in the church service I was attending, and I'm going to dig deep and we're going to talk about spreading fire. We're going to talk about starting some fires on some dry land in Jesus' name.
It's going to be a good time. I'm so excited. Well, this has been a great time in the Lord. Has it not? <laughs> it's, been, it's been a good time. I'm so thankful, so thankful for each and every one of you that have joined me today, that are watching live, that are commenting, and that will see this later in delay, hear it on podcast. God is a good God, and he is greatly to be praised. And he's right there with you, my brother and my sister. He's right there with you, and he will not leave you nor forsake you. So until next time, next week, same time, same channel as they say, I will see you with another Tough Truth podcast. God bless you.